This episode of Timepiece Talk with Bruce Bezel is proudly brought to you by Rolex Batman Kermit Forever Horology. Visit me at Rolex Batman Kermit Forever Horology on Instagram. I'm your host horologist, Bruce Bezel. Today, Monday, February 21st, 2022, it is President's Day. We are at Season 1, Episode 4. Season 1 is Hollywood Horology, and Episode 4 is dedicated to Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, featuring Mission Impossible 2 and the Casio G-Shock Watch. All right, I have some President's Day watch trivia for you. Okay, here it is. In 1788, George Washington asked Governor Morris to buy a watch for him while Morris was in Europe. What watch did Morris get Washington? Well, the answer to this will be at the end of the show. Okay, so stay tuned at the end for the answer. What was George Washington's watch? Okay, wristwatch check for this episode four in honor of Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise. I'm double fisting. On my left is the model 5600, the limited edition, special edition Rick and Morty G-Shock watch on my left, which is my trophy and my gift to myself for making this episode four. And on my right side in honor of Mission Impossible 2 I have the G-Shock 6900 series the X Lemore special edition numbered 151 out of 200 aka the three-eyed monster okay so that is my wristwatch check for this episode so why Mission Impossible well Mission Impossible to me, is the greatest Casio slash G-Shock watch movies of all time. And it's all due to Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3. There are six total Mission Impossible movies, and they all feature a cool watch. But none is more used than the Casio and the G-Shock watch. So Mission Impossible, I mean, out of all of them, I would say... The one I want to showcase is Mission Impossible 2. And the reason for that, there's many. But the main reason is because the Casio G-Shock watch is showcased the most. And the watch that Tom Cruise wears, he proudly wears the DW6900-1V, a.k.a. the Three-Eyed Monster. Because on the, on the dial, it has three sub-dials, three counters for stopwatch and countdown and the seconds, and it just looks like a three-eyed monster on the dial. And that's synonymous with the 6900. So, also, Mission Impossible 2, besides it being, I think, the coolest Casio slash G-Shock watch movie, uh, I mean, the director, John Woo, who's an action superstar director from Hong Kong, who made Hard Boiled, who made Hard Target, Face Off with Jack Nick, uh, um, uh, Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. 
So, I mean, his movies were amazing, and now he's making Mission Impossible 2 with Tom Cruise. In, in Mission Impossible 2, Tom Cruise has the long hair. He looks cool. Um, there's a Greek myth in it uh, about uh, uh, Bellerathon, and the story goes like um, Bellerathon was a prince who killed the Chimera, a monster with a head of a lion and the tail of a serpent who plagued the ancient world, and pretty much Chimera and Bellerathon are the virus and antidote and it's almost similar to what we're going through with covid so it's it's very relevant to what's going on now and you know there was a doctor uh, uh played by rade serbetija uh who who in the movie is dr vladimir nekrovich and he's a molecular biologist and he's the one that creates it with another scientist and then the bad guys are after it uh, there's a lot of martial arts fight scenes in it, a lot of Taekwondo kicks and uh, amazing stunts. But again, we're here because of the watches. And in this movie, this movie is just going to make you go out there and buy a, a, a Casio or a G-Shock watch. I mean, awesome. Okay, so before we jump into the movie, Mission Impossible 2... I want to run through all the movies and get the Mission Impossible watch history and then the watch totals for all you watch nerds and soon-to-be watch nerds. Okay, so 1996, Mission Impossible 1. Tom Cruise, a.k.a. Ethan Hunt, wears the Casio DW290. For, for a long time, this watch was thought to be a G-Shock watch, but it wasn't. After all the close-ups and much debate... It was just a regular Casio watch that looked at the case of a, of a G-Shock watch, but it was not a G-Shock watch. It was just a regular Casio. Beautiful piece. In the year 2000, Mission Impossible 2 came out. And there you had the upgrade. Now you had Ca Casio Returns, but this time with a G-Shock watch. And the G-Shock watch model is the DW6900-1V a.k.a. the Three-Eyed Monster. And Tom Cruise wears this watch. Also in Mission Impossible 2, Simon, uh, there's a Simon Carter watch, an alarm quartz worn by Dr. Nekrovich. Okay, analog watch, simple, hour, minute, second, and I believe uh, the cool red moon hand. It's like little, it looks like a, a, a it's like an indicator with a, a little red moon attached to it. And it looked like it was um, uh, giving you the months of the year uh, because it had 1 to 12, I believe. That's what it was. Um, it could be, it could, well, I could be wrong. I got to do some research on that. But it could be a day and night indicator as well. Okay, anyway, moving on. In 2006, you have Mission Impossible 3. You have a G-Shock. Again, Casio returns with G-Shock, but this time you have the metal G-Shock, the MTG910D. Tom Cruise wears this one as well. Uh, then you have 2011, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. Now Tom Cruise wears a Tudor Heritage Chrono, a more dressier watch. Where's the Casio? Well, the Casio stays strong with Simon Pegg. He wears, uh, who plays Benji Dunn, 
he wears the Casio G-Shock. So he keeps the Casio uh, uh, alive in uh, Mission Impossible 4 with the GX-56-1B. And also in the same movie, in Mission Impossible 4, uh, Jeremy Reiner, as plays William Brandt, he's wearing a Rolex. So it's the first and only time someone's wearing a Rolex in the Mission Impossible movies. And it's the, the Rolex Submariner date, black bezel, black dial, steel, and it's the uh, reference 16610. So a little weird that he's wearing the Rolex and Tom Cruise wearing the Tudor. It should be the other way around, but that shows you how cool uh, Tudor is. Um, then you have 2015 Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. Okay, you have a Tassot T-Touch, Expert Solar. Who wears that? Not Tom Cruise, but Simon Pegg, uh, who, who plays as Benji Dunn. Then in 2018, the final and most current Mission Impossible, which is Mission Impossible 6, called Fallout. Tom Cruise is wearing a CWC GS Sonar watch. And the CWC stands for the Cabot Watch Company. It's an analog watch, very simple-looking watch. Um, not attractive at all, just very simple-looking. And then you also have a, a Sunto smartwatch, a Sunto Spartan, worn by Henry Cavall, uh, who Henry Cavall plays as August Walker in Fallout. So there you have it. Those are all the watches from Mission Impossible 1 to Mission Impossible 6, uh, a pretty cool uh, secret that I found out was Jeremy Reiner's Rolex Submariner. Uh, so he does wear a Submariner date. I wouldn't call that a Mission Impossible watch, but it is within. So if you do own a Rolex Submariner, if you're lucky to own one, a Submariner date, it it was in, it's officially a Mission Impossible movie watch. Um but I would I would say the ones that Tom Cruise wears is the official ones. But still, the Rolex made it in Mission Impossible. So let's get some watch totals now. Uh, so we have Rolex once, Sunto once, CWC once, Tissot once, Tudor once, G-Shock three times, Casio four times. So as you can see from the history from Mission Impossible 1 all the way to Mission Impossible 6, the brand that's most uh, uh, shown and used, Casio. And the watch that's mostly used is G-Shock. So Casio has the DW290, the DW6900, the MTG910, and the GX56. So Casio has four watches within the movies and three out of those four are g-shock watches which is the 6900 the mtg and the gx56 all g-shock watches and out of the three uh i'm sorry the, out of the four casios three of them actually two of them no three of them were worn by tom cruise tom cruise wore the the Casio D, DW290 in Mission Impossible 1 and in Mission Impossible 2 and 3 he wears a G-Shock watch 
And that's pretty much it. Those are the that's the watch history for Mission Impossible and the watch totals. Okay, now uh, we came to the part of the show where I'm going to run through Mission Impossible Two with certain times, uh, so you can see the actual watches and these cool action scenes. Now, I'm going to quote parts of the movie, not just for the watches, but some cool scenes as well. Mission Impossible 2 is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. Definitely pause this and watch it first. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a great movie. And if you if, if you did watch it, you got to watch it again and check out the times of, this, of these scenes pertaining to the watches. Okay, here we go. The beginning. About a minute and 16 seconds, Dr. Vladimir Nekrovich, played by Rade Serberdija, looks at the uh, at a portable like handheld digital clock with a countdown timer for 20 hours because he's been infected with chimera then a, a minute and 56 seconds into the movie dr vladimir nekrovich wearing a simon carter alarm quartz um, and he looks at the watch constantly when he's on this plane tom cruise looks over and tells him you're looking at that watch like your life depends on it. So the second watch in this movie is the doctor's watch. First a digital clock, countdown, and then his Simon Carter alarm quartz. So again, he's constantly looking at the watch because he needs to get that Bellerathon into his system, which is the cure, within, within 20 hours or he's done. Uh, then you have about nine minutes and five seconds into the movie, uh, a cool uh, gadget that shows up in the movie, these Oakley glasses, these self-destruct Oakley glasses, the first gadget in the movie um, after Tom Cruise is climbing a, a famous uh, mountain, a famous rock climbing sequence at Dead Horse Point, Utah. And uh, so the Oakley glasses are pretty cool. He gets his mission. He listens, he sees it, sees through it, uh, what his mission is, what he needs to do. Then he tosses it and it self-destructs. Then you have 29 minutes and 41 seconds into the movie, Anthony Hopkins, okay? He plays Commander uh, uh, Swanbeck. He dishes out two of the greatest lines in this movie and probably in movie history. <laughs> it is so awesome. So anyway, uh, the, the way the story goes... Uh, Tom Cruise started falling for this uh, this girl who he needs to have on his uh, IMF team. And uh, and part of his mission is that he needs to send her off with her ex-boyfriend. He doesn't like it. So he says to uh, Anthony Hopkins, he says, uh, no, she doesn't have the training for this type of thing. And then Hopkins says, what, to go to bed with a man? And lie to him, she's a woman. She has all the training she needs. I was like, yeah, baby. That guy was on point. I'm like, man, what a great line. It is so true. You know, to go to bed with a man and lie to him, she's a woman. She has all the training she needs. It is so true. And then right after that, well, that was about, again, 29 minutes and 41 seconds into the movie. Then 29 minutes and 56 seconds into the movie, Tom goes, I don't think I'll be able to have her do that. I won't be able to make her do that. And Hopkins goes, what, you mean it'll be difficult? 
Tom says, very. And then Hopkins kills him with this. He goes, well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. <laughs> and then he gives this smile at the end. I mean, Anthony Hopkins, I love him. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, what a pleasure it was to have him as the commander in this movie. Anyway, uh, I wish I knew what, what watch Anthony Hopkins was wearing. I should do more research on that. Then the first watch scene the main watch scene, the first shot, okay, um, about an hour and nine minutes and 34 seconds into the movie, the DW6900, the Three-Eyed Monster, makes its debut, okay? And um, he, I mean, he proudly wears this watch, and he's, you know, he's making his, uh, his entrance through the ceiling, this crazy acrobatic, you know, scene. He comes down with his zip line, and then he jumps onto the floor. When he's free of the cable, he looks at his watch, and boom! You see a big shot of uh, a, a close up of the watch, huge watch, uh, a scene. And he, I guess, he presses the the time required, and uh, the transponder goes on. So you see this red LED blinking light that's on his watch which technically is not there because the the uh the watch was altered uh either digitally or you know manually it did not have the mark the g-shock markings or the casio markings they were like blocked out and uh the the stuff on the display was enhanced uh, you know that model there's not just thing as those functions being there um with that red transponder and stuff so I'm assuming uh, they didn't want to uh, have any product placement or they just wanted to make the the watch stealth looking with no markings. I think that's what that's what it was. They wanted to just make it all black. But it was a true Casio uh, G-Shock 6900 for sure. So then we have um, the another watch scene. And this is during the action shootout at the Biosite Pharmaceuticals. So from here we have about an hour and 17 minutes and 49 seconds, um, we have uh, 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 Tom Cruise reaches for the injection gun that's on the floor, but then the enemy starts shooting him, and then he has to, like, you know, jump to the side for safety. It looked like he was almost cartwheel kicking, uh, almost almost doing like a cartwheel, excuse me, and trying to pick up the injection gun with one hand, which was the wrist wristwatch hand, and then he missed. Then right after that same action scene at about an hour and 18 minutes and 34 seconds, he puts the, uh, the, the clip into his Beretta and you see the watch close up. Then about an hour and 21 minutes and 59 seconds, same shootout scene, he cocks his gun, boom, another beautiful scene with his 6900 watch. Then about an hour and 22 minutes and 36 seconds, Naya injects herself with the gun. Okay, and uh, uh, now she's injected with Chimera. So Ethan Hunt, a.k.a. Tom Cruise, and uh, let me just get the name for Naya. Uh, Naya has been spotted in a movie before that, which was with also with Tom Cruise with in, uh, in Interview with a Vampire, um, one of my favorite Halloween movies. And I believe her name is... Uh, Thadine Newton, who plays as Naya Nordoff Hall. 
So she injects herself, and then right there, Ethan Hunt uses his 6900 watch to time the 20 hours to save her life. So the minute she's injected, she only has 20 hours. They give a close-up of the watch, him using a function. You even hear the beep of the watch, and uh, there you have it. Then later on, you have the, the bike shootout scene at about an hour, 43 minutes, and 56 seconds. You have this endo bike trick. Now, if you don't know what an endo bike trick is, it's when you put all the weight on the front wheel and your whole bike goes up and you're balancing on the front wheel. And the motorcycle that he's using is a Triumph Speed Triple. Uh, Tom personally chose his bike because, um, you know, the most characteristic and the most iconic sports watch towards the end of the, the last millennium, the Speed Triple rocks like a, a 955cc. Uh, it's fuel-injected three-cylinder and generates 130 horsepower. So in this scene, he does the endo in front of a moving car, spins, and shoots the bad guy. Crazy. Really, really cool trick. Then you have the watch scene um, uh, while he's on the bike. So Tom is talking to Luther, uh, who, who is played by uh, Ving Rames. He's the computer expert. And he's talking, looks like he's talking into his watch, and Luther tells him about where Naya is, and then he looks at his watch to see how much time he has left to save her. And that's uh, about an hour and 44 minutes and 52 seconds. So then right after that, we have the uh, a bike stunt, a pretty cool one, where you know, it doesn't have to do too much with the watch. You could see the watch a little bit during this stunt, but I just, I just think it's such a cool stunt. Uh, and, and I heard that Tom Cruise did the stunt himself. It's about an hour and 46 minutes and 49 seconds. I call it feet to floor, where he jumps off the bike, but he's still steering it with his hands, and his feet are like sliding off, sliding off the floor to avoid gunfire from the bad guys. Crazy. Then the bike versus bike scene, I call it the bro hug jump, at about an hour and 49 minutes. And 22 seconds, okay, this insane charge of Ethan Hunt and Sean Ambrose, okay, and Sean Ambrose is played by um, Doug Ray Scott. He's the main bad guy of the movie. They both ch charge at each other, jump off the bikes, and just like they give each other a big hug and then they battle it out. Then after that, you have the fight scene. At about an hour and 49 minutes and 51 seconds, Tom takes off his jacket and exposes his watch. Now you can see the Casio G-Shock watch in all of its glory. He's wearing, you know, a short sleeve t-shirt. So it's perfect. You can see it. And you can't beat fighting on the beach with the sand. You can't beat the G-Shock watch. You're not going to fight with a Rolex or a Tudor or an Omega or a Holy Trinity piece. Seriously, the whole time I'd be worried. I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, can we pause this fight? I, I want to put my watch away in its case. You can't do that. So this is such a great piece. He has a 6900. It could take any beaten, any mud, any water, any sand, and will still keep track of the time that he needs to know about to save Naya. So you can't beat the G-Shock watch when it comes to a fight. I mean, me and my friends talk about this all the time in our watch club. If you're going to get into a fight, which watch would you want to have on? You think I'm going to have a Rolex on? Hell no. You want to have a G. If I'm going to if I'm going to strap down with somebody and I'm going to go into a fight with someone, 
you need to fully equip yourself with a G-Shock watch because you can physically backfist that person with the watch. You can even hit them with it. It's not going to break. Remember, it's a G-Shock watch. The digital doesn't have any like moving components like, like a mechanical watch. Um, plus, you have all these absorbers, and it has a mineral crystal. Sapphire crystals shatter, okay? But a mineral crystal will crack, and it'll still keep everything intact. So if you're going to fight full force, there is no better watch than a G-Shock watch. And they should test it out in a UFC fight. They should have the fighters wear the G-Shock watch. Or, like, they should have some martial artist um, attach some of these G-Shock watches to, like, board-breaking events and kick them. And at the end, show them and say, still working. That should be a commercial. I'm going to do that. I need to do that. I need to talk to somebody about that. I think I know a very famous martial artist that I need to talk to. I'm going to get into contact with him after this show. Anyway, then about an hour and 49 minutes and 59 seconds, Tom chokes Ambrose. Okay? So he chokes him, and you can see him exposing the watch again. Then you have this really cool knife scene, nothing to do with the watch, but knife-to-eye scene, close-up, about an hour and 51 minutes and 20 seconds. The knife almost goes right into Tom Cruise's eye. It's really close. Crazy, crazy scene. Then um, this pretty cool scene where you see a knife scene. It's like close-up where I call it watch beats knife. You know, almost like the rock, paper, scissors. Well, in this scene, the watch beats the knife. At about an hour and 51 minutes and 26 seconds, you see the watch almost like battling the knife. And then... The watch wins. The knife falls out of the bad guy's hand, Ambrose's hand. Then you have some uh, action stuff with martial arts. Now, the next, I would say the next three cool scenes are all martial art, Taekwondo, kicking stunts. So Tom Cruise definitely learned Taekwondo and, you know, kicking, uh, Taekwondo is a kicking art. He definitely learned these Taekwondo techniques for the movie. The first one was about an hour and 52 minutes and 56 seconds. He does a running jump double sidekick with his watch on. And he, I mean, if you don't know what this is, he he does a jump both feet in the air and places both feet on the opponent's chest, kicks him. After he kicks him, he does this little spin so he can land in a very nice front fall instead of landing on on his hip. Then after that, he does another, the second Taekwondo kick, which is a cartwheel kick, which he pretty much looks like he does an aerial with no hands. And he kicks the bad guy, Ambrose, in the face with his cartwheel kick. And then at the, after the cartwheel, he lands in his perfect pose with his watch. Really cool. And that's about an hour and 53 minutes and 15 seconds into the movie. Then his ending kick at about an hour and 53 minutes and 39 seconds, he does this Jump 360 turning back sidekick. Now, if you don't know what that kick is, it's pretty much you jumping in the air and you're throwing your left foot in front of the opponent, but then you spin in the in midair and kick him with the right. And he ends up kicking him in like the neck or the, the chin. So, And then he lands, I believe, on the floor after that. But great job, Tom Cruise. I mean, I, I'm definitely a big Taekwondo fan. And I can tell you, I have studied these kicks for many years, and you you did them great. Running jump, dump, jump double side kick, 
great job cartwheel kick awesome and the uh jump 360 <laughs> that's a very difficult kick to to throw in and and around definitely around that time you were the only one doing it so great job then about an hour and 54 minutes and 16 seconds tom after the fight picks up his jacket and he's showing his his uh, left hand picking up the jacket with his watch and uh and then that's it and then the the, the final part of the movie uh, Tom Cruise is ready to give the the antidote, the Bellerathon, to Luther. Then he hears Ambrose in the back, still not dead after that kick. And he goes, you should have killed me when you had the chance. Tom Cruise looks at his feet, sees in the sand uh, a gun that's being uncovered with the, with the wind. And he looks at Luther, tosses the Bellerathon, kicks the floor, gun pops up into his hand, turns, drops, and, and shoots the bad guy, and it's over. So a little far-fetched, but definitely uh, you see a lot of wooism, okay, John Wooism into this uh, and all these action scenes. So it's pretty cool. It's fun. You want to have fun with the movie. And again, all this is done with his Casio G-Shock watch on. The end. So now, saving the best for last, which is the best Mission Impossible watch overall? Well, here's my vote. Out of all the Mission Impossibles, the best brand goes to Casio. The best Casio goes to the G-Shock. And the best G-Shock is the 6900 from Mission Impossible 2. Now, why? Well, Casio, the greatest brand of all time. The greatest Japanese brand of all time. The great, greatest digital brand of all time. G-Shock, the greatest Casio of all time, the toughest watch in the world. And the 6900, the coolest design, uh, one of the greatest G-Shock watches ever made. Now, compared to the other models, okay, Mission Impossible 1 was just a Casio, wasn't G-Shock. M- Mission Impossible 3 was the metal G-Shock. And I owned a metal G-Shock, and they, the, the case chipped, and you saw like this creamy rubber white case underneath it. The bracelet was metal, but the case wasn't. So that turned me off from all MTGs. When it comes to G-Shock, I love, I'm old school. I like rubber, and I like digital. I don't like metal, and I don't like analog. Analog is for like Rolex, Omega, Seiko, I I get my analog fix from those brands, but I look at Casio for digital. I look at G-Shock for digital. I want my Casio G-Shocks to be rubber and digital, all digital. The only time I'll do an analog digital watch is with Seiko's Arnie reissue from 2019. That's the only time I like to have the best of both worlds, analog and digital, and Seiko does it best. But when it comes to Casio and G-Shock, I want it old school, rubber and digital all the way. So you can't beat it. I mean, it, then if you, if you look at um, Mission Impossible 4, Simon Pegg's GX, way too big, way too bulky uh, for, uh, you know, for Ethan Hunt to, to run around in. I mean, 
Simon Pegg can sit down and do his computer stuff there. It doesn't matter how big the watch is, but that is a very bulky watch. The GX56 is way, way bulky. Uh, then you have, um, uh, in the same movie, okay, you have uh, the Tudor Heritage, right? It's too dressy. The Rolex, too dressy. Okay, those watches, I mean, you do a fight scene with those watches on the scene, you know, at the end in the sand with Ambrose. No way. Those things are going to get destroyed. Then uh, in, in Mission Impossible 5, the, the Tissot T-Touch, Expert Solar. <coughs> cool watch, great technology. Simon Pegg wears it. But it's not going to take a beating like a G-Shock watch. And then at the, uh, the last one, at Fallout, Mission Impossible 6, that CWC and that Sunto, they can't come close to the toughness of a Casio G-Shock watch. So, if you want to have the ultimate Mission Impossible watch, you have to wear the Casio G-Shock watch, any 6900 series, any color, any design, as long as it's a 6900, which is a three-eyed monster. And honestly, if you don't like that design, any digital Casio, any digital G-Shock watch works. Definitely, you know, preferably a... Casio G-Shock Digital, but I feel that any digital Casio and any digital G-Shock watch is a great Mission Impossible watch. So if you have a digital Casio on, or if you have a digital G-Shock watch on, feel proud that it's a Mission Impossible watch all the way. Now, Ethan Hunt versus James Bond. Two different characters. This is definitely a, 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 a segment for another time. But just to go through it quick, you know, like James Bond wears these nice suits, right? Shoes and everything. So Rolex and Omega go with go well with him. But like Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, he's you know he's like almost like a cat burglar. He goes in and out. He's wearing shorts. He's wearing these sneakers. He's wearing these like all these like weird things to. To, to extract people or to do things. And it, he does more extreme things, and you need a more extreme watch. Now, in Ghost Protocol, they made him more like dress up nice with Jeremy Reiner. and But I don't know. It didn't work well. It didn't feel like tra the traditional Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. So when it comes to, you know, Ethan Hunt, he's, you know, he needs that Casio G-Shock watch. He needs his stopwatch. He he needs his countdown timer. It's just that it's a thing. Uh, so he's definitely an extremist when it comes to all his acrobatics and stuff like that. So the G Shock, the Casio G Shock watch, goes perfect with him. James Bond is more suave and does things a little bit differently with his suit on. So the Omega looks it's perfect on him. So definitely, when it comes to Mission Impossible, it's Casio G Shock watch all the way. So, before we finish, I've got to give you the answer for that President's Day watch trivia. So, what did Morris get Washington? It was one made by the famous French watchmaker, Jean-Antoine Lepine. Okay, George Washington's watch was a large, simple model with a Vergoul escapement and Roman numerals on the dial. Okay. Now, if you don't know what a Vergul escapement is, 
of Regul escapement was invented in 1753 by Beaumarchais, author of The Barber of Seville, and amongst other things. The verge escapement is replaced by a lever, which successfully plucks the last wheel of the movement to lock it stationary before releasing it. It is regarded as the forefather of the modern escapement. So definitely really cool there. All right, another episode done. So happy. Episode four is complete. This is Bruce Bezel with Timepiece Talk. Have a great week. And remember, don't waste time. Enjoy the ride. And appreciate your timepieces to the end.